Um, where we ended last time for Tommy G. Um, okay, so Afghanistan's a country that's been around 4,000 years. No. Um, right. Last time. <laughs> the dinosaurs. No, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. The, the, the Afghanistanian government going back for most of 1979 have been begging the Soviets to come in to help them deal with the Mujahideen. Um mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Soviets said, no, 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 that's a really bad idea for a long time. They finally agreed yeah. to do it only after Amin murdered Taraki, the previous president. And right. uh, Amin couldn't be happier with the fact that the Soviets oh. are coming in because they think they're coming in to save him from the Mujahideen. When, where we ended last time uh, it was yeah. with some of the KGB commanders telling the uh, some of the other uh, Soviet troops there, actually, our job is to assassinate Amin and then take control of the country, stabilise and- the country. Exactly. And we should probably point out, yes, you've got tens of thousands of troops coming across the border. you got thousands being flown in. All men are uh, very excited. But here's the other part. And I don't know if we've stressed this enough, but there's already some um, military units, Afghan military units who are breaking away from our men or they're causing trouble or, or they're saying they're not going to support them. So when it comes to the further you go outside of the cities, the less control our men has. And he knows it. And you and you need control of your entire country. I'm trying to remember all the various resources um, that Afghan has, but there were some obviously the the, the Soviets valued very much. So the point is our men needs the Soviets to come in. Let's all talk. Let's all get organized. Make sure we have the cities and then go out into the countryside and, and win back all that territory. So, again, Amin finally gets what he wants. There's thousands of Soviet troops coming. He couldn't be more excited. This is going to get started. But first, you know, it's around Christmas. Let's have some drinks. Let's have a, a little party. And then we'll go out and slaughter my people. Shall we? Thank you. Now, no one questioned the orders when they were told that was their plan. But some of them. Uh, some of the right. soldiers, a little bit more sceptical uh, than the others, yeah. were wondering why, if Amin had gone over to the Americans, as they were being told, he was working with the CIA, he had invited yeah. Soviet forces rather than American forces in to protect him. Mm. That's a good question. Good question. Um, you know, uh, uh, but, you know, not necessarily a no a non-starter there. I mean, he obviously had a tighter relationship with the Soviets. Maybe he's trying to play both of them. Wouldn't be the first yeah, time somebody's that's... tried to play both sides of the fence. Yeah. Um, some of the soldiers said the plan was crazy. They would all get killed. But 
people's the people replied to them well when you signed up to be a soldier what the fuck did right. you think was going to happen and my favorite if you don't do what i'm going to say and you might get killed if you don't do it i'm just going to go and shoot you now so you definitely definitely will die mm. so take your chances fighting mm. or mm. die here now that's mm. kind of how the military works it's a win win for me <laughs> Uh, it's like I'm a win-win kind. Of, that's my management yeah. tactics. I'm all win. Yeah, I'm all win, about win-win. Yeah. Yeah. Heads yeah. I win, tails I win. Sorry. Um, and I love to win tail. Love it. Anyway. Yeah. Now, as I mentioned at the end of the last episode, the Russians had tried to get rid of our men in other ways. Um, mm-hmm. They, you know, this whole invasion and storm the palace thing was a last resort. They had tried to use KGB snipers to kill him on his way to work, but his security force kept changing their security measures. They were doing a good job. And so, you know, they couldn't figure out, you know, when to take him down with a sniper. On the right. 13th of December, a couple of weeks before the invasion, the KGB tried to poison our men with doctored Pepsi-Cola. <laughs> now, I've right. tasted Pepsi-Cola a few times, and just the taste of it alone is enough to kill me, really. Um, I'm a Coke man all right. the way. I can't uh, – I tried drinking Pepsi oh, a few times, and it's yeah. just it's just horrible. Yeah. Um, our men uh, uh, was unaffected by the poisoned Pepsi-Cola. Apparently he had a stomach of iron. The iron stomach, they called him. Maggie Thatcher was the iron lady, according to Gorbachev, gave her that nickname. Uh, He was the iron stomach. That's what they called him. Right. Um, I'm the iron tip, but that's a whole, you don't want to know that story. (laughs) It's, it's, it's just move on. I think we told that story last episode. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, uh, Min's nephew, Azadullah, uh, who right? was the head of his counterintelligence service, did not have an iron stomach. He drank the poisoned Pepsi Cola, fell, fell very ill, was sent to right. Moscow for treatment. Oh, good, good. Um, where the doctors uh, said it was uh, hepatitis. Right. Um, when he got to Moscow, he was ar- arrested and imprisoned. Mm. Um, he was returned to Kabul after the overthrow of Amin, good. but later interrogated, tortured, and executed. That's Not good. by Pepsi-Cola uh, the no. second time around. Uh, but that wasn't their last attempt to try and poison Amin, was it, right? Yeah. No. Um, was it during a meal that um, – and there were some other people there. And, again, I think there might have been some Soviets and some Afghans there. But they're having a meal, and I'll stop because you probably know more than I do. But men and others start to doze off. Uh, fortunately for uh, men, there happened to be two Russian doctors who were nearby who did not know anything about the overall big plan. And they're like, oh, men's really sick. We've got to help him, and we're doctors. It's our job. Uh, and so they do administer to him all night long. And as far as I know, they save his life. Briefly. Yeah, this <clears throat> this actually happened on the day of the assault of the palace. It was a few hours before the assault right. was due to begin. Amin, organi- Amin was euphoric about the fact that the yes. Soviets had come in to save him. And the fact that they were pointing their tanks at the palace. He was like, fuck me. Like, now that you've explained that to me. 
I didn't really understand why you were pointing the tanks at so the now, palace and not away from them. But now that you've explained so it, so much sense. God, I oh. love these Soviets. Are, that's I that's why you're safer. the greatest. That's why you're going to win the Cold War. I got to say because you're uh, <laughs> you're yeah. so far ahead of the game. It's it's five dimensional <laughs> chess you're playing here. It's you're totally genius. Point the tanks at the castles. Uh, Fucking uh, genius. Uh, yeah, why did I think of that? He organized a lunch party. He was so excited. Uh, he organized a yeah. lunch party for members of his own Politburo, ministers, their families, to show them the wonderful new Ooh. palace that he just renovated and to nice. celebrate the return from Moscow of one of the Politburo members, a guy called Pan Shiri. Um, mm-hmm. So he told his colleagues that it was everything was going to go smoothly from now on. The Soviets were here. Ta-da. I did it. I pulled it off. <laughs> I succeeded. I managed to, you know, Tariki tried to get them to come in. They wouldn't come in. See what happens when I kill Tariki? Everything's going to plan. I'm the man. Right. Um, with the plan. Yeah. Yes. Everything's everything's going very well, he said. Paratroopers are landing in Kabul. Soviet divisions are on their way here. I am always on the telephone with Comrade Gormikio, and we are working together on the line to take with the outside world. Oh, yeah. you got to have a a narrative once this gets going. But during the course of the meal, Amin and several of the guests lost consciousness. Could you... Act that out for me. So, uh, as I was saying, uh, as I was saying, this is very good for us. Very good deal with the Soviets coming in every day. I am talking to Comrade Gro. Out. Out. That, so, that's um, Jan Dad, head of the Presidential Guard, telephoned Sorry. the Central Military Hospital and the Soviet Embassy Polyclinic to get help. The food was sent for analysis, and before oh, the results came back, the Afghan cooks were arrested. Obviously, oh, Mujahideen uh, infiltrated the uh, cooks, is what they're thinking. Right. Um, it so happened that a delegation of senior Soviet military doctors was in Kabul at the time, led by Colonel Alexiev. He mm. and another guy, Colonel Kuznetskov, Kuznetskov, Kuz, they just call him, hey, Colonel Kuz. He was a doctor from the yeah. embassy's polyclinic, had been invited to the palace to attend to Amin's daughter who had just had a baby. They arrived okay. about 2 o'clock in the afternoon along with a, a woman doctor, <gasps> a woman mm-hmm. doctor in Afghanistan, and yes. a nurse from Kabul. Um, they saw people lying around, these people that are unconscious. They were uh, like, what's going on? When these people recovered consciousness, they were doubled up in pain. They worked out that these people had been poisoned and uh, they they, uh, blamed uh, a long-standing KGB agent, Mikhail Talyabov, who had been... Mm. A cook, uh, he'd right. been infiltrated. Uh, he'd infiltrated um, Amin's uh, kitchen somehow. That's a, that's a great undercover operation, really. Like worked on Hunt for Red October. But go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, he well, you know, he had he trained at the best, uh, you know, restaurants in oh. Paris. 
before they, they got him in there. Yeah, for years and years. He was a, a sous chef. Uh, fabulous with what he could do I, with the pastry. You wouldn't believe it. It was amazing. I think he started out as one of Tony's butlers early yeah. on, I think, and then transferred to the restaurant, if I remember correctly. Now, they uh, said later to KGB that it was just a sleeping uh, potion, sleeping draft, right. sleeping pills put in their food. Um, if that's true, they obviously got the dose wrong. Either way, they got the dose wrong. They didn't kill him, but right. uh, they woke up far too quickly. Um, yeah. When the Soviet doctors went to see Armin, he was dressed only in his underpants, basically, or as we call it, podcast casual. Had his jaw, had his jaw <laughs> hanging loose. His eyes were rolling oh. around in the back of the head. He was Sexy. in a deep coma. His pulse was right. weak. Looked as if he was dying. Okay. Doctors uh, went to work to save his life. You know, pumped him full of uh, fluid. Got him on a drip. And by six o'clock, he had come around again. He'd regained consciousness. Oh, he God. said, what happened? Was it an accident or was it sabotage? Uh, uh, the Soviet military interpreter who, would, who was there, Shkirando, uh, who had also ate whatever it was that had mm -hmm. poisoned Armin and his colleagues, uh, was also ill. He spent six weeks in an Afghan military hospital and then was evacuated to Moscow. Damn. Um, the doctors realised something really odd was going on. They sent the nurse and the woman back to Kabul. Uh, mm. Obviously, they didn't know that it was a Soviet military operation, but there was right. something going on. Jan Dad, the presidential guard commander, was um, was was worried about what was going on yes. and heightened security. Now he probably assumed it was Mujahideen, even though there was this yes. KGB guy that some of them were pointing the finger at. But it was very hard uh, for him to believe that it was the Russians that were doing this. The Russians are our allies; they're our friends. They've just yeah. come in to Saving say, us. "Here yeah. I come to save the day." Mighty Mouse is on the way. That's what they were singing when they came in, like Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Well, for you know, uh, just as Armin was waking up at six o'clock, six p.m., the assault yep. began. They were hoping he would be unconscious when it happened, so he didn't have to see. You know, it's just embarrassing. They were trying to say that he doesn't want yeah. to see this go down. Like, yeah, just no, lay down. Don't want to see this. Yeah, like, close your eyes. Yeah, it's like you did to me in Vegas. Just lay down and close your eyes. It'll all be over soon. You won't even feel it. Just so I've been send told. your mind somewhere else because your ass is mine. Yes, exactly right. So at six o'clock, when he starts to wake up, the general Magno Matov, however you say it, gives the order to get the starting. But like you were saying a second ago. Colonel or whatever it was, Jandad, the guy who's in charge of the security, not only does he increase the number of men in the facility, but he also puts the tank brigade on alert. So they're actively looking for someone to shoot. So, yes, this is hopefully the Russians are going to be able to survive more than five minutes and not just get all shot up by these tanks. So it's going to be a little tricky. At least they're pointing in the right direction. That's the important That's, that thing. Helps. Yeah. That helps. I find that helps. Yeah. Um, so they start with um, an assault group under a guy called Captain Satarov going out and neutralizing three Afghan tanks that were surrounding the palace. 
Um, the the Afghan sentries were killed by snipers, mm-hmm. and the tank crews who were too far away, they were in their barracks, not expecting anything, obviously, uh, weren't able to get to the tanks. The tanks were secured. Then two red rockets were fired into the sky to signal the start of the assault. By this stage, it's about 7 p.m. The palace was fully illuminated. Afghan defence guards were sweeping out, trying to figure out what's going on, surrounded by searchlights, and that's Mm -hmm. when the Soviet anti-aircraft guns started opening fire on the palace walls. How did they go, Ray? Believe it or not, Cam, I don't have that in my notes. Hell, I don't have any notes, but if you'd like to continue to tell the story, I'll go ahead and write it down. There's only so much you can write on the, the palm of your hand. That's right. The, five minutes I need before this one the show. For, we, yeah. You know what I need. This and they're one. hairy. And, and it's can, the, you know. <laughs> yes, yeah. what is that? I've been shaving them. The, uh, well, that just makes it worse. You need to wax. If you shave, they just grow back <laughs> stronger. The, um, so they open up fire. Yeah. Yeah, and the command was given um, by the Russians. Here it was. Light this bitch up. Yeah, I think that was the the command. No, the anti <laughs> the Soviet Shilka anti-aircraft guns opened fire on the walls, but the walls were so solid, the shells oh, just shit. bounced off. Pew, yeah. Kind of like so when this- they commanded women. Yeah, yeah. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Go or uh, when people write negative reviews about our show on iTunes, they just... Bounces yeah. off. We're like, yeah, yeah. fuck you. That, Who the fuck are you? <laughs> what have you, you done lately? That, yeah. that typed it. Yeah, fuck you. Anyway. <laughs> the first company of the Muslim battalion then moved forward in their armoured fighting vehicles and the KGB mm. travelled with them. They had orders to take no prisoners and not even to stop to aid wounded comrades Damn. Their job was to take the palace uh, at whatever cost. Now, the vehicles, these armoured vehicles yeah. managed to crash through the first set of walls, crushing right. the Afghan sentries on the other side. Oh, It was complete chaos, though. Not all of the armoured vehicles survived. One fell off a bridge that the right. Russians had constructed across an irrigation ditch outside the palace. The men were trapped inside. Um, The safety glass of the vehicles was shot out. Some of the vehicles caught fire and the crew were either burned inside or crushed by other vehicles when they bailed out. One man slipped as he jumped out and his legs were crushed by his own vehicle. It was just complete and utter fucking chaos, uh, the taking of the palace. Um, the the assault force continued as far as they could towards the palace walls, disembarked, and then just flung themselves at the windows and the doors on the ground floor. And, of course, the the Afghan defence uh, troops have no idea what's going on. Uh, right. No warning. Uh, they have, you know, it's complete and fucking chaos. What's going on? Who's attacking us? What do we do? Soldiers basically start acting on their own in small groups, taking the initiative because there's no real command structure happening. Um, Then uh, Ashilka destroyed the machine gun, Afghan machine gun that was on the top of the palace that had been firing down from one of the palace windows. Men got up, pushed in, bursting into the palace in groups of one and two, 
shooting out all the light bulbs, basically just clusterfuck. There's women and children yeah. crying. Remember there'd been this big lunch where women and children, the families have been invited. So oh, there's right. a lot of families in the palace, including a men's own family, of course. There's screaming, there's crying. Um, it's just a complete yeah. fucking clusterfuck. Yeah, and as and as the Soviets um, with their loyal Afghan drivers or soldiers with them and the Muslim battalion, they get inside the palace. They start clearing out the first floor. But you're right. It is complete pandemonium. A lot of people are going to be killed. A lot of on both sides are going to be wounded. Um, but then some of the Afghan guards, because you're right, there's been no major overall command given to them yet. And some of the Afghan guards start hearing the Russians cursing because, one, people are shooting at them. Two, they're actually getting hit. There's going to be a decent number of wounded um, Soviet troops. And so they start cursing in Russian. The Afghans hear that, assume the Russians are on their side because, again, they don't know what's going on. And they actually stop fighting. They stop. Some of them stop resisting the Russians because they figure out that the Russians through their cursing and put down put down their guns or whatever. And so the Russians were able to take them as well. So as far it was it was potentially a horrible plan to have your enemy so well backed up and armed. And like I said, they had over two thousand men in there. But the element of surprise is probably what gave the Russians so far this victory that they're having because the enemy truly doesn't know what what to look for or who to shoot at. Yeah. When they do realize, the Afghans, that it's the Russians that are attacking them, um, they began to surrender, yeah. uh, realizing that they were probably um, outnumbered. And even though the Russians have been given orders not to take prisoners, they did. Most of the Afghan yes. presidential guard and the, the Afghan soldiers there were spared. Good for them. Um, suddenly the shooting stopped, one Soviet officer said later. I reported to General Drozdov by radio that the palace had been taken, that there were many dead and wounded, and that the main thing was ended. Now, yeah. the the two um, KGB advisors, Colonel Alexiev and Colonel Kuznikov, no, sorry, edit that out. The two Soviet doctors that were in the mm-hmm. palace, Colonel Alexiev and Colonel Kurz, uh, had hidden as best as they could in the ballroom while all this is going on. They don't know what's going on. They, they've been kept in yeah. the dark. They caught sight of a min walking mm-hmm. slowly down a corridor in white shorts and a T-shirt covered right. in tube, uh, tubes with his oh drips God. and all of that kind of stuff holding the thing uh, with the medical solution. Mm -hmm. Um, They went out and helped him, took the tubes out, pressed his veins down with their fingers to stem the blood, then took him to the bar. Um, Amin's five-year-old son came out from one of the side doors, crying, rubbing his eyes, went up to his father, and Amin and his five-year-old son sat down by the wall Amin still doesn't realize what's going on. He told mm-hmm. one of his uh, advisors to telephone the Soviet military advisors, saying the Soviets will help. And this adjutant said to him that it was the Soviets who were doing the fuck. The adjutant said it was the Soviets who were doing the firing. Amin wow. picked up an ashtray and threw it at him and accused him of being full of shit. Right. But then yeah. he himself tried to get through 
to the chief of the Afghan general staff and failed and then said, I guess it's all true. I guess it's all true. Right. So, yeah, he was a big shock for our men to yeah. find out that his saviors are really, have come to, you know, overthrow him. Right. Well, the good news is he won't have to suffer for long, I'm guessing. <laughs> Yeah, there are there are various accounts on how he died. Um, you know, possibly uh, killed deliberately, uh, possibly caught by a random burst of fire at some stage. But mm-hmm. if he was alive at this stage, uh, I don't think there was a lot of shooting that happened after this point. One story right. is that he was killed by a guy called Golubzoy, who had been given mm. that specific order. Uh, either way, his body was found lying by the bar. Uh, dead, uh, as was his five-year-old son who had been fatally shot in the chest. His uh, daughter had been wounded in the leg and uh, as the men left that night, his body, Amin's body, was rolled up in a carpet and Mm -hmm. taken to be buried in a secret grave. Yeah. Don't need a martyr. Let's just get rid of him. So as hairy as it could have been, the main palace, whatever you want to call it, has been taken. The leader has been taken out. But you still got, oh, I don't know, a couple million people within the countryside and within the army who didn't like him in who aren't going to be happy with any of these events. Yeah. This is just part one, obviously. Day one, really, of a 10-year war. The battle itself, taking of the palace, lasted about 45 right. minutes from start to finish. Uh, and that was pretty it. Uh, mm. Five members of the Muslim battalion and nine uh, and the ninth company of paratroopers were killed. About thirty-five suffered serious wounds. KGB right. special forces group lost five of their men dead. Among them was a guy called Colonel Boyarinov, who was killed right. by friendly fire right at the end of the battle. Seems mm. to have been shot by Soviet soldiers who had orders to shoot anyone who emerged from the palace before it was properly secured. And they so, did. Uh, yeah, he was one of the yeah. guys on the armored assault vehicles that crashed through the wall, uh, right. walked out walked out saying, well, it's done, and he got yeah. shot. Yes, yeah. Always send someone else out. That's my motto. Always send someone um, else out. One of the military doctors who had cured him in of the poisoning and had helped him when he came stumbling down the hallway, Colonel Kuz, Kuznetskov, also dead, killed by a burst of bullets fired into the ballroom, which tends to suggest that they just sort of sprayed the ballroom for yeah. some reason. Soviet doctor dead, Amin dead, Amin's five-year-old son dead, his daughter with a bullet in her leg, rather than a direct targeted assassination. Right. And now that they've got the palace, they've got to go after some of the other targets. They've got to go after the general staff building, the communications and the radio. So, so – the first objective has been taken care of, but obviously they still got um, other um, departments or buildings or whatever you want to call it, other aspects of communications where they have to take, uh, if anything if anything else, just to make sure the um, Afghans can't talk to each other effectively. This has only gotten started. Yeah, I think these other, there were strategic points across the city that they took simultaneously with taking mm-hmm. the palace. That's what the red rockets went up into the air for, was to gotcha. let everyone know the assault had begun. So, you know, they had to take out all of these other uh, strategic targets. It's a bit like Michael Corleone taking out the heads of the five families 
simultaneously. In fact, right. when all this was going down, uh, Brezhnev yeah. was uh, attending the baptism of his uh, sister's baby uh, yeah. at a church in uh, right. New York. Mm. <clears throat> and, and these things didn't go particularly smoothly either. There was chaos everywhere. The most important yeah. target was the general staff building. Um, future, uh, a future foreign minister of Afghanistan, Abdul Wakil, was mm -hmm. given the command to deal with taking down the general staff building. He had 14 special forces troops with him. Again, right. there was a bit of a deception plan in play here. That evening, General Kostenko, who was a Soviet advisor to Colonel Yakub, the chief of, mm -hmm. chief of staff, took a number of Soviet officers to visit him, uh, including General Ryabchenko, the commander of the 103rd Guards Air Assault Division that had just come across the border. And, right. you know, they were having a strategy session, so uh, we're here to save the day. Um, you know, we, 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 let's, let's talk about tactics, strategy. Right. Um, now, Ryabchenko, the commander of the 103rd Guards Air Assault Division, Mm -hmm. had no idea really what the real plan was. I said before it was really on a needs-to-know basis. Right. He had yeah. no idea that they were actually assassinating a min and taking over the country. At this stage, he really thought wow. um, this was this was they were really there to support them. Yeah, Meanwhile, afraid. other Soviet special forces officers were spreading throughout the building, handing out cigarettes to the Afghan officers that were there chatting with them. Um, nice. And then, but when the red rockets went up, everyone was quickly informed of what was going on and they had to take the building. Abdul Wakil appeared in Yakub's office afterwards, talked right. and pushed to, to, to him for a, a long time, apparently, and then shot him. Yeah, at the end of the day, that's what you got to do. You're, you're told to remove someone. That's what you do. 20 Afghans were killed, 100 were taken prisoner. But as I said before, there was only 14 special forces troops that took this. They captured 100 right. prisoners and, again, didn't kill them all. They uh, tied them up with electric cable and put them in a, a room to keep them yeah, there. Yeah, good guys. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, as I said before, a bit of chaos. There was some Soviet paratroopers who arrived 40 minutes late. Uh-oh. And when they advanced on the general staff building in their armoured personnel carriers, they opened up heavy fire and uh, were shooting at their own forces, the Soviet forces who were already in there. Oh. We're here. Let's go. That's right. Uh, we're already here, dumbass. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. 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 I, don't think, I don't think any of the Soviet troops got killed. They managed to take cover. The Russians also took the radio and television centers so they could broadcast an appeal to the people from Kamal. Now, he said a couple of That's episodes right. ago that there was this other guy that it was part of, I think, the PDPA early on. He had been mm -hmm. kicked out by uh, Taraki and, and Amin. Right. He is now the Soviet's guy that they're going to put in to replace Amin. Right. And so they want to get him on television as quickly as possible to explain what was going on to the uh, Afghani people. They managed to take the radio and television centre with no casualties. Um, the rest of the strategic targets, like the Central Army Headquarters and the Military Counterintelligence Building, both surrendered without a fight. No right. serious resistance at the Interior Ministry Building either. So it, it pretty much, you know, after the taking of the palace, everything else went relatively smoothly. 
mm-hmm. the Afghans, when they realised what was happening, did the smart thing, um, like uh, people, uh, in, hostages in a classic 1970s American uh, bank uh, heist movie. Like, right. this isn't your money. Lay down. It's the bank's insured. Just lay down. It's not worth it. Don't we be a hero. We don't want to hurt anybody. Yeah, don't be a hero. Don't, don't be a hero. It's not worth you have it. To, you have to hit the manager or you know, the, the one guy who, you know, looks like he's trying to back talk. You hit him, hit him once or twice in the face, break his nose with yeah. the butt of your pistol yeah. just to send oh, yeah. a message. Standard. Yeah. Standard. Yeah. 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 That's why I break one. Why I break into your podcast co-host. Just smack them in the face a couple of times really hard so they know who's boss. It's also like, you know, my first day in prison, you know, I make sure the first mealtime I find the toughest, meanest looking guy covered in tats, neo-Nazi symbols, swastikas on his forehead, go up. Say, hey, Adolf, come here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Adolf was a gay Jew. Let him come up, beat the fucking shit out of him using my three months of uh, Wing Chun uh, practice. And uh, then they know who's boss, you know? Yeah. Right. What, what happens I do. when you wake up from this dream? I'm just, is it, <laughs> is it, there's a smile on your face? Are you hard? A little bit of both? I mean, I don't know. In the dream, but, they they always have your face on. I don't know why well, that is. It's always, not, it's always your surprised. face. Yeah. So, 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 uh, so two things. Um, at least the Soviets can say they do got a plan. This isn't just cruelty. We're going to get Kamal's message out there. Hopefully the people will calm down. But just in case that doesn't work, uh, Colonel Kolsnik, however you say his name, who's a GRU staff officer, does have the presence of mind to take all of the troops, get everybody, and you were, and this is kind of what you were saying earlier, get your guns, get your weapons, and point them outward not towards the building we own the buildings now we took those point your guns outward because the people might rise up the rebels might try to do a counterattack. so you've got to be ready but for right now moscow's got to be happy with the way things are going yeah there's a couple of good stories and then we'll finish up um mm-hmm. the, by the morning the the firing had pretty much died down but um some of the senior Soviet officers were driving into town in their Mercedes and uh, they got fired on by some young paratrooper. The bullets hit the car, but not the guys inside the car. A colonel colonel jumped out and gave the soldier a sharp clip around the ear. General Drozdov asked the young lieutenant in charge, was that your soldier? Thank you for not teaching him to shoot straight. <laughs> <laughs> See, you got to have a sense of humor in war and if you're a Russian, yeah. especially if you're a well, Russian in war. You gotta See, you never you talk. never see that in in Hollywood movies about Soviet yeah. soldiers. You never see how funny. Yeah, yes. how funny oh, the up. Soviets are. Yeah, funny. Fucking funny. Yeah, I could have been a general, or I could do the uh, uh, what happens when you can't find the other sock in the dryer. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, could have fucking nailed it either way. Um, and yeah. Colonel Kolesnik, who uh, was in command Kolesnik. of the Tajbek Palace, you mentioned before. Yeah. Um, you know his guys were obviously uh, pretty tired. Big night, nerves yes. are stretched. Yes. Um, they heard a rustling in the lift shaft of the palace. Oh, shit. 
assumed it was some of her men's people launching a counterattack or or the Mujahideen. Maybe they had tunnels under the palace. They'd come up, they're coming up. They all grabbed their weapons, rushed to the lift shaft, threw grenades down there. It turned out it was the palace cat. That's one dead pussy. (laughs) Wow. Grenades. I I don't like cats. You know this. I have two and I don't like them. Yeah. And of all the things I thought about doing to them, and I do get hard when I think about it, never a grenade. I'm going to yeah. have to incorporate that into the carousel of masturbation fantasies. Anyway, you yeah. don't want to know about all this. Uh, that's going on the soundboard. That was one dead pussy. All right. Well, that's, anyway. uh, that's it. Like a shortish episode, 40 minutes, but... You know, we just wanted to tell that story. I hope you enjoyed it as yeah. much as I enjoyed reading about it. I thought it was a lot of a lot of good stories in there. Um, so yes. when we come back, if we come back, because there's no guarantees in life, people, let's just be clear on that. There's no guarantees that we're ever going to do anything ever again. But if we come back, we'll try and quickly move through the uh, rest of the 10 years of the invasion yeah. so we can get into – what happened in the 12 years in between invasions and then we'll get into the American invasion and try and tell this story of modern Afghanistan. Bullshit. 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 Bullsh